You chose the subject, uh, strengths of the home in, in facing trials. And most of you have been Christians probably for many, many years. And when I last visited my daughter in Alabama, I said, you know, her name is also Dietlander, she goes by Diet. I said, honey, I just don't know what to say. Everybody suffers hardships and they know it all. And she said, yeah, mama, but you can just remind them, just so we refocus again. Just remind the people, not that you suffered more, they suffered less. Just remind us all that hardships are here and maybe you can encourage. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. And then just I thought about Job verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 10. It says, shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? That's what, Paul's, uh, what Job said. And I thought about it the other day, and I said, I'll add that to my lesson, because it's true. Many of us just want always good and wonderful, but that's not life. So here's my lesson. Since I just wrote it, I did speak on it 25 years ago one time in, at, at Knoxville lectureships, but I re rewrote it. So mostly I will depend on my notes. I, I cannot memorize everything overnight like I used to. My lesson starts saying, in life we are faced with many trials and challenges, as we all know. And these adversities come to us most of the time uninvited and are often traumatic. And they seem, when they do come, they seem overwhelming. Early in life, we must learn three lessons. To me, three lessons. Number one, life is difficult. Number two, life is not fair. And number three, trials are here to stay. If we hadn't had any this last month, just wait around the corner. They're coming. The sooner we learn these facts, the better we will learn to deal with them. Often I hear it said, oh, life is difficult and then you die. To me, that is too pessimistic. So no, don't think that way. We may not forget that God provides strength and help and so, it doesn't have to be like this, oh, it's difficult, now we die. Some of us use perhaps not having Christian homes as, as an excuse to not to deal with trials. Look in the right direction. Sometimes Christian homes are not always the best example or encouragement. Our Heavenly Father will encourage us on the path of trying to deal with it. My family survived tragedies of World War II because they believed there is an out and applied all the strengths to achieve it, even though they did not rely on God, to my knowledge, at all. As mothers and grandmothers, we must prepare our children and grandchildren for life's trials at a very early age. Don't wait till they are teenagers. Long before they have ex experienced trials, prepare them for them. It is important that we point them to Jesus also very early and say, you will have help. 
you, our Heavenly Father will be at your side. And if you mess up, God will forgive. I was never told that, and what a blessing if, if your children can hear that. We get new strengths. We can get up again and deal with trials. Believe that. And a family can be such a wonderful help in such situations, and must be, especially a Christian family. When my family and I experienced such trials, we had no such faith and never knew that we can even rejoice in trials as the Bible teaches us. Oh, if I would tell this even today to some of my family members, they would think that I'm truly cuckoo. Truly I'm in a sect of some kind. That lesson I learned when I became a Christian, and it was so strange to me. Rejoice in trials? Why can we find joy in hardships and unfairness of life? In my opinion, because the Bible assures us that joy is a possession that no trial can take away. And as Mary mentioned in a poem, James 1, verses 2 to 4, examples also from Jesus' life, he was facing crucifixion the death on the cross, and he could rejoice. Why? I used to think because he was saying, oh, I'm going back to the Father. But that might be part of it, and this is just my opinion, okay? But I think part of it is that he knew that he is giving us salvation, and he knew he needed to have, go to the cross, and that is why he rejoiced, that he could do it for us. We may study lessons from and I don't read them if you want to jog them down. Lessons from John 15, 11, John 16, 33, Philippians 4, 4, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. All these scriptures will show us and encourage us not to give up in any circumstances of life. As Mary's poem said, I think she stole some of my notes. No. Lessons, trials will teach us patience. During our hard times in World War II, I was constantly told to wait. Wait for a better day. Wait for a brighter tomorrow. Wait, wait. The bombs were falling, houses were destroyed, and dreams of a brighter tomorrow were gone. But I always was saying, heard my mother say, wait. Be patient, wait for a better day. That's what we need to learn. My parents decided to wait. And we need to decide and practice this also. So I beg you sisters, do not become blaming or caustic or bitter when trials come. I've seen it and you've seen sisters who just left the church or left the friendship or anything that bothered them because that's too much for me. No, never give up. And please don't ever believe that God causes the suffering. Suffering is here because of sin and because Satan operates in this world and he is the author of sin, many bad things happen to good people because sin is in the world to stay. 
Satan, I think, attacks the very character of God by making us believe that God does not hear us when we pray, when we plead, and that he causes all the adversities. No. God uses these situations to teach us many things. We may have the assurance that God never lets us down because we have failed him. God does not punish us by giving us trials. Good lessons can be learned. Wonderful lessons can be learned from many trials. I think I'm a stronger person today, personally, because of what I've endured. We need to show a trusting attitude toward God. And please, especially as Christians, may we not be people who are falling apart or blame God. What lesson are we teaching our children? Even though my mother did not rely on God, for sure, not in the right way, I think, she seldom fell apart. Both my parents always searched for a way out. Searched for ways out. Many people ask this potent question during World War II, and even today. If there is a merciful God, why the suffering? Where is God at times like this? Good question. Can you answer it? I have given it a thought. Why do we have trials? Many books and bulletins and what I heard preachers say, I came to the conclusion that we have been created temporal. Never, never did God promise that this is our home forever and ever. If I never get sick here, if I have all the money I want, if I have all the best relationships in my, in my family and my husband and my children, today, would I want to go to heaven? No, I like it here. So, but we are created temporal. Isaiah 40, verse 6 reads, All flesh is as grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, and we read also in, in verse in first Peter similar things, first Peter 1, 24, 25, I think. Please so remind your families that we will grow old, our bodies will break down, and we will get sick because the nature of God's creation is temporal. The dust returns to the earth as it was in the beginning, we read in Genesis 3.19. During the war, when I saw two people dying around me, that was just a common thing. That's what I was told. Dust returns to dust. You live and you die. But I don't want to be that way. I, I think there's much more to life than just think, I live and I die. We are here to serve, to rejoice. Many times we suffer because of personal choices we make, and then we suffer because of choices that other people made. Because of their choices, perhaps, babies are born with AIDS or with defective, undeveloped lungs. We may have babies born blind because of the mother contracting venereal diseases. 
One person may decide they want a divorce, and many others suffer because of it. We experience trials and suffer because of the consequences of war, like I did, like the Ukrainian poor people do. All my heart goes out to them. A dictator's greed, like Hitler, pride, Putin, he's crazy. All this affects millions of people, and that's when we, we suffer. We can also suffer as a result of natural disasters, as we know. Tornadoes, waters, tsunamis, all this. Does God not intervene? Sometimes he does. I think I told Mary on the phone when I talked to her that Tom Holland was our preacher for years. And this was a time for, I think, a year almost. We had no rain. Everything was dying around us. And Tom called us all in, for every, every hour. Somebody had to be in the church building praying for rain. And we didn't pray many hours, and the downpour came. If I ever believed in prayers, I believed then. And so, God sometimes intervenes, sends the rain, but sometimes not. He allows us to suffer the consequences. Let us always be mindful that there are spiritual benefits to sorrow and suffering. I think some of life's greatest lessons are taught by pain. Perhaps that is why God does not always step in and remove our pain. But he comforts. Please don't let your children become bitter and say, well, where was God? I'm not going to pray. It doesn't help. Please teach them the loving God. And then we suffer because of the choices the other person makes. Because of this freedom, we suffer. So, you know, if, if a person decides to go 100 miles an hour on the wrong street and we are there, then, then we get killed. The car will, will hurt us. The fire will burn us. Comfort our husbands and our children. Husbands have a hard time. When some things go wrong, they are not as strong as women. And so we need to be the strong ones and comfort our children and our husbands and explain our belief why and what. The church family can help tremendously also. Mothers, may we make sure that there is a discipline in our home. This is a new point. I, as I mentioned earlier in my lesson, I see too much spoiling in our families. Our children are soft. Our children are ungrateful. In our home before and after the war, we were always had the knowledge what we were allowed to do and what not. And I never got more than maybe an apple or maybe if we were lucky, a pear which very seldom, and maybe two nuts. I have seen children opening Christmas gifts, opening four and five gifts, and looking and saying, is that all? I have children 
I've seen them open a gift, throw it away and say, that's not what I wanted. Be sure that we don't do that to our children. If we spoil them like this, if they learn to get every wish, I guarantee you when the troubles come, they will not be able to, to withstand. Martha Washington said, the greater part of our happiness or misery depends on dispositions and not on our circumstances. I like that. That is so true. Your attitude will make tremendous difference. I agree with that. How blessed we are in the United States that even in our trials, we can still have spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings of worship, of family and Christians. We are in a free country still. We have the knowledge of a savior. But because of political correctness, as I said earlier, we are being limited. And that is a trial to me. Don't let it make you disappointed, give up on America. Just try to do better and spread sunshine on positive attitudes. And don't say, oh, look what it said. America is going to pot. Everything is going better. Don't do that. Be the opposite. Help somebody. Take care of this problem. We must prepare ourselves and our children for trials because they will come. When we read 2 Corinthians 11, verses 24 to 27, we see how strong Paul was. Why did he not give up? He had an aim, and he had a goal for the future. Paul learned. It wasn't given to him. He learned to be content in any situation, and his hardships were severe. Am I content in every situation? No. You put me in a dark room and lock the door and I go crazy. I cannot say, oh, I'm content. Oh, so this is nice. It's warm, air-conditioned. You know. My happiness during the war or after the war in Poland, in the first few years under communism, my happiness didn't depend on beautiful clothes or a shiny car or big homes, great food, personal freedom. But I was told over and over by my parents, change is coming. Just hold on. Stay strong. Sisters, mothers, grandmothers, teach your children about change in our lives. How blessed are we today to have Christian homes where we learn to place such emphasis on physical well-being. I have seen marriages fall apart when husbands had to change jobs and the wife would not move with the husband. Cannot leave my family. Cannot leave everything I know. Too much, too much of a trial. What tragedy. You know it ended in divorce. We are undone so many times for nothing. I hate to be so personal because that's all I've been talking about myself, but when Raymond was in the Air Force, Mary's husband was in the Air Force, you have husbands in the Air Force, 
I never told my children, your daddy is not here. Oh, terrible daddy. He just went there, blah, blah, blah. I said, your daddy is taking care of our country. He's keeping us safe. I have seen preacher's children go astray because the mama couldn't say, your daddy is preaching and, and, and reaching people. And that's why he is gone. Sour faces in our home will not do any good. I think I read in a book by Swindle when he said, many Christians walk in Sundays or when they ask, how are you? They would have a sour face and they, were, they looked like they were baptized in lemon juice rather than in joy. If, if, with that attitude, I guarantee you, you're not going to withstand trials. Even so, my family and I lived in poverty, mostly after the war. I remember my mother laughing, telling jokes, singing, as she took the filthy clothes from the Polish people, cleaning them on a washboard in the basement. Many times the basements were full of water still, standing there in the cold, freezing water just to feed us a little food. And yet she could smile and sing. Can we do that? She controlled her attitude. Now I would like to introduce a different thought. It is my opinion that we often create our own trials by expecting perfection. We expect perfection from ourselves, from our children, and from others. I used to fall into that category, but hopefully I'm coming out of it. We expect an ideal marriage, an ideal family, a perfect church, and so on. When we realize that our expectations are not the reality, then we suffer, and we cannot deal with these trials. The more idealistic we are, the harder it is for us to learn the lessons of life. I am learning to remember this. I challenge all of you to, do, to remember that also. Rather than concentrate on the missing tile in my bathroom, concentrate on what you have, the beautiful bathroom, the kitchen with running water, Having everything 100% correct does not ensure happiness, and you know that. Then again, some of us cannot be happy unless all is well with everything we do. That attitude in itself becomes an affliction for many of us. Let us learn to turn our thinking around. When we are tempted to count the missing tiles, then start counting your blessings. Turn to God, ask him for forgiveness. I'm sorry, I had no right to, to feel so bad. Look what you're giving me. And please show that right attitude to your children. Do you want to overcome trials? Our homes might give us the strength if we are taught gratitude. No trial is so terrible, so hopeless, so overwhelming 
that we cannot find something for which to be grateful. My opinion. And I wish that our children learned that. I don't see it in many children. Do they appreciate that they even take showers in clean water? Where people don't, don't even have anything to drink? A clean water? And we take showers in it? We wash our cars in it? Are our children grateful for running water? For toothpaste? For toothbrushes? For clean clothes? For nice homes? Are they grateful for electricity? Good roads, beautiful parks, good doctors and medicine, and I can go on and on. So when you have a teenager who whines, my allowance is not enough, and I don't have a car, and everybody has a car, just remind them of what they do have. Surely our purpose here on earth has a greater meaning than acquiring wealth and personal pleasure. Everything we suffer here is only for a short time. And again, I want to emphasize heaven is our goal. Ultimately, only our faith will carry us through when severe trials invade our lives. Because of a trusting faith, trials will not make us bitter, but better. We will even learn to give thanks in difficult situations, like if I read First Thessalonians 5.18, which teaches, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. So how do we view hardships, ladies? Is the glass half full or half empty? Are hardships a stumbling block to us or a stepping stone? We must be aware that someone is always watching, watching us, learning from us, and you can influence them for life with your attitude. So we must learn to restructure our thought patterns and never lose heart. Look to God for help and comfort. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face. Evermore, 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Chronicles, excuse me, 16, 8 to 12. You have probably heard it say that trials are like spiritual exercise which separates the weak from the strong. And they really do. Can we glory in tribulation as Romans 5 verses 3 wants us to? I read an article by Charles Hodge. He was a wonderful preacher. He's dead now for many years, but oh, I loved reading him. But he said something like this, <coughs> quote, Roman, woman, have amazing strength. They can handle hardships and carry all kinds of burdens. They can even smile when they want to scream. They can sing when they want to cry. End of quote. 
And I said, what a blessing to our children if they could learn that. Smile when you want to scream. Last page. Sisters, may we always remember that it took the pain and agony of Golgotha to bring salvation to mankind. Out of a horrible ordeal or trial, something so good and so wonderful happened for us. May we also read and learn from Psalms 119.71 and from Jeremiah in Lamentations 3.32. Read it at home. It shows me that God will always have compassion and show compassion. Just look for it. May this lesson be taught in our homes and influence their hearts, their minds. So live daily, sisters, in front of your family. They live with that attitude of trust. Perhaps you feel that some of the things I shared with you today lay heavy on you, that you haven't done the best. You feel bad about how you responded to trials. But you may know that you can change. God gives us another tomorrow, and even right now. You can change your attitude and your response. God gives us daily new strength and a new out. Our hearts should be filled with thanks and gratitude to God for giving us new opportunities. And he wants us to rejoice, remember, Philippians 4.4, 4, you know the song, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Psalms 118, verse 24 says, talks about joy. To him belongs the honor and the praise. Never forget that. Nobody else. It belongs to God, the honor and the praise for his goodness and compassion. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 comes to my mind today, and I close with that scripture. The winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come, and it can be so in our trials, I add. Thank you.